just hold that for me. And then uh, later on, I'll need Acts 1, 10 through 14. All right, I've got a volunteer right here, Sister Misty. Um, and Acts 2, 46 and 47. Brother Jace over here has got one, so we'll take that. So let's get into the word of the Lord this evening. The Lord imparted to me about this. The word accord means like-minded. Like-minded. Now, we'll be speaking on also unity, which is described as oneness. Oneness. So unity and accord are very much the same. But yet we find in the book of Acts uh, the beginnings of Pentecostalism, if you want to call it that, where the Spirit of the Lord moved on the day of Pentecost and they were all with one mind and one accord. They were all in the same one accord. In other words, they were all like-minded. All of their thinking process was running on the same thing. Now, uh, you get two people together, you're going to have probably at least three opinions. And everybody does it their own way. The Bible says that, that a man is right in his own eyes. Every man is right in their own eyes. And, and uh, you know, what you think might be right, and somebody else will have a different spin on that. And uh, you may run things a little differently than, say, the next person might run it. And uh, so when you get people together, it is a miracle within itself that God can get anything done. Let's just be honest about it. It's a miracle that God can get anything done because when you get a, a, any group of people together, there's going to be differences of opinion. There's going to be differences of administrations, the way things are done. And so, therefore, it takes the Spirit of the Lord to bring us all under the same roof together. But yet, tonight, I, I want to speak on something just a little bit different. It's, it, I don't have anything earth-shattering to give you tonight. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I feel like the Lord has given me something that I think that we can use uh, in this service tonight. We read to you out of Philippians, it says, uh, Paul speaking here says, Fulfill you my joy, verse 2 of chapter 2, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Again, we can probe into the human psyche and understand that a lot of times we as human beings, we tend to feather our own nest first. Nothing wrong with taking care of your own. Now, don't misunderstand me. But a lot of times we bring that attitude into the house of the Lord to say, you know what, God, if you'll bless me first, then I'll be a blessing to others. And that's not quite what they were trying to say here. But rather that we look toward others and their needs. I want to tell you something. I have been ministered to by ministers that were hurting desperately. But somehow in their desperation, they looked out of their desperation to someone calling for help. And God would give them a word to speak. And they would speak that word. And there would be encouragement and there would be strength that would flow and virtue that would flow from heaven through that servant of the Lord. But yet it seems to defy logic that someone would be in such desperate straits could be of the most value to God. Come on, let's 
I know that I've been able to help people sometimes in spite of myself, praise God. I've been able to help some people, but you know, I've discovered that I'm more help to people when I'm in trouble myself. Say, so why is that, Brother Moats? Well, first of all, because I'm leaning more on the Lord than I normally would. You see, when everything's going gravy and I'm doing well and everything's heading my direction and it's all good, then I don't tend to lean on the Lord as much. I tend to lean on my own understanding. But yet the word of the Lord tells us in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with most of your heart the good part of the heart. You going to be stubborn tonight? Trust in the Lord how? And our flesh is going to lean. Because that's something we have to fight every day. He saves your soul, not your flesh. I said he saves your soul, not your flesh. That'll come later when the glorified body. You ain't got no glorified body. If you got glorified body, I want to see you walk through that wall without the door. Love those Asian beetles. God bless them in Jesus' name. Cold weather can't kill them, brother. 25 degree weather, they come right back. Praise God. But we lean to our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And it's possible that he could. It's pert near good chance. There's an extreme good possibility 99.44 one hundredths. Well, y'all hard-headed. He shall direct your path. That means that it can't be reversed. God's obligated. He's duty-bound to direct your path. Problem is, we ask him to direct it. And then we pull out our personal GPS. Go ahead and say, ow, it hurt. that hurt, preacher. That hurt. Oh, Lord, I want you to direct my path. And the Lord says, okay. You sure you want that? That's like praying for patience. He'll load your wagon. Wisdom and patience are double first cousins. You get one, you usually get the other. But say, Lord, direct my path. You're giving up control of the situation at hand. And here we find in Philippians, he's talking about how we deal with one another. Say, so, well, how does that have to do with my walk with God? It has everything to do with your walk with God. Because if we cannot be in one accord with one another, then pray tell how are we going to ever get what we need from the Lord? Oh, somebody ain't hearing me. It says in Philippians, it says, don't let anything be done through strife or vainglory. What does that mean? Don't, don't brag on yourself. Somebody said, well, you know, I have to toot my own horn or it just won't get tooted. God will toot your horn. At least I got your attention. I said, God will toot your horn. He'll lift you up. And he'll exalt you in due season. 
You don't have to worry about it. But the problem is a lot of times that that's what God's trying to do is to get our spirit right. If you're wanting somebody to, you know, brag on you a little bit, you've already got a problem. Because honestly, if the Lord's on your side, you don't need nobody bragging on you. God will take care of you and he'll lift you up in due season. But a lot of folks have these, these issues that they feel inferior. And the only way that they feel better about themselves is somebody to brag on them. I'm going to tell you something. You walk according to the word of the Lord and you humble yourself in the sight of God, God will do all kind of bragging on you. And you don't have to worry about being put up front for everybody to look at and say, oh, look how holy and spiritual they are. You don't have to worry about that because you didn't do it through vainglory. Another way that folks try to get themselves elevated is through strife. We've talked about this before. Folks love to stir a stink so that they're on top and they're in control. Paul said, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. But rather, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. I'm going to look upon my brother and my sister and I'm going to make sure they're taken care of before I try to feather my nest. Insert amen here. Praise God. I'm going to look for somebody else instead of trying to say, okay, me first, God, come on. Give me all the blessings I why don't you be a blessing and then you'll get your blessing. Maybe you didn't hear that. I'll say that again. Why don't you be a blessing and then God will give you a blessing. We get it all backwards. We want God to do everything first and we'll do everything last. Seek ye last the kingdom of God. Y'all keep messing with my quotations Seek ye pert near the first. Seek ye second. And his righteousness. And a pert near good things will be added to you. All the things you needed, God said, I'll take care of it. I'll add it. You give me the first fruits. A lot of times we come to God and we want God to do this and that. When quite honestly, God says, I'm waiting for your sacrifice first. Oh, it's indeed a sacrifice because you're in pain and you're weak and you're weary. Am I talking to anybody that's been through anything like this or am I just, you know, this is maybe just me, okay? You find yourself over your head and you think, oh, God, I don't know how I can stand it. And then maybe sister so-and-so calls or brother so-and-so calls, whatever they may apply, and, and they're in great need, and they're so distressed, and you're thinking, boy, if you only knew what I was in, you wouldn't be, you, I'd be the last person you'd call. But somehow or another, if you want to be in one accord, in one mind, in one accord, I'll say, you know what, Lord? Just like they're trying, I'm going to try. I'm going to lift myself up to the point where I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to encourage them. And as I'm encouraging them, you're taking care of my problem. Don't let anything be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind. Somebody say, humble. An old country western song, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Can't wait to look in the mirror, get better looking every day. Yeah, I used to work a public job, and they played that junk in my ear, too.
Nobody likes to humble theirself. Take care of me first. I want my blessing first. I'm more important than you are. My need's bigger than yours. I'm in deeper than you are. So I deserve to be first. And then I'll step aside and let you get yours. I don't think that's the way Paul meant that to be. He says, do it with lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things. Somebody said, well, wait a minute. How come I can't keep after my own things? Read the whole verse because it actually means to be included but not let it be only your own things. If you read it in its entirety, you'll understand. It says, look not every man on his own things, but every man also. That means concurrent with. Every man also on the things of others. While you're looking at your own things, don't leave out your brother or your sister that's in need because that's what brings us into like-mindedness. Somebody said, well, I don't understand how this can bring us into unity. I'll tell you how it does. It puts us on the same level. This one over here is in pain. You're in pain. But when you choose to encourage them in the Lord, God lifts you up, and then your encouraging word lifts them up. Guess where that puts you? Like-mindedness. Like-mindedness. The book of Acts, they were all in one accord. Now, they didn't get in one accord just by showing up at the upper room. Y'all come on over. I'm going to use Texas language here. Y'all come on over to the upper room. And we're going to get together and wait on the promise of the Father. No. Read a little closer. How did it really go? Brethren, we got to get together and we got to pray until something happens in the upper room. We got to get our minds together. And your mind's off over yonder, and my mind is off over yonder, and sister's mind is off over yonder, and this one over here's mind is somewhere else. But when we come to the upper room, we're going to pray until we're in like-mindedness. And they finally got to the place, according to Luke's writing here, that they were all in one accord. They were all like-minded. But it did not occur just because they wanted it to. It occurred because they made up in their minds, we're going to touch God until we're all speaking the same language, until we've all got the same purpose. We're all moving in the right direction. Hey, when we come to God's house, it ought to be that way. But too many times my mind is worried about this problem or got it on that problem or my health or my family or a gazillion different other things. And I got my mind down the back 40 and the preacher does everything he can, but I'm not in like-mindedness. Even though Brother Justin might be, perhaps his wife isn't tonight. And I'm not making that comparison. But if one is and one isn't, then you're not in one accord. But there has to come a place in time where we come to God's house and we say, you know, I've had a tough day. It's been rough. COVID's going everywhere. Everybody's been sick. Some are getting sicker. Some are dying. I can't help it. But I'm in the house of the Lord. And there I'm going to pray. I'm going to magnify God. And I'm going to get in tune with the Spirit of God and be in like-mindedness. Then I'll be in one accord. I've actually heard people come up to others that are praying in the Spirit and they don't understand the concept. 
And they think that crying means they're upset. Well, first off, that's kind of shallow thinking. Because last time I went to a wedding, supposed to be a happy occasion. Look around at all the lady folks. What happened? Did somebody die and I not know it? Oh, it's just so beautiful. I can't help myself. <laughs> Ladies, say amen. amen. Then why can't we take that same concept and say, Jesus is so beautiful, I can't help myself. Oh. And when somebody comes around and says, what? What are you doing crying? I'm touching Jesus. I'm touching the Lord. You ought to try this. You ought to try. And therefore, we begin to bring our minds under the same roof. And we are like-minded instead of your mind somewhere down this pig trail. And I'm down this pig trail over here. And the devil's sitting there laughing saying, yep, I didn't have to do anything but just get their mind off of it. Devil don't have to make you go out and commit some horrible sin. Just get your mind off of it. Or worse, keep you so busy you won't talk to God. You can say amen or oh me or God help us all. One of the two, you know, something here. Hey. I got to hurry. Let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 1. Let's start reading. I'm asking you, beseech means to ask. I'm asking you to walk in the area where God's called you to walk. Go ahead. Well, there's that word again, lowliness and meekness. Oh. Go ahead. Ooh, that's another dirty word. Mm. Nobody wants to suffer. How many would like to suffer? Can I see your hands? All the sufferers that want to be that want to suffer more, would you please raise your hand? Ain't nobody wants to suffer. That's not in our that's not in our vocabulary. Go ahead. Forbearing. That means what I just described. There they are again. My goodness alive. I can tell they ain't been praying. That carnal's a cowboy boot. Sorry you got cowboy boots on tonight, bro. That makes you twice as carnal as you got two on. Praise the Lord. No, I'm kidding. I'm picking at him. Really? We can be hard on folks, folk, people. We can be hard on people. Need to take a step back say, you know what? That's my brother. That's my sister. I can't judge them because I'm not walking in their shoes. But I can forbear them. I can lift them up. Because I want them on the same mind level that I'm in. Go ahead. What? Endeavoring to keep what? The oneness of the Spirit. Unity means oneness. So how do I keep the unity of the Spirit, the oneness of the Spirit? How do I keep being plugged into the Spirit? Well, being sure that I get blessed whether anybody else does or not. Nothing wrong with you getting your blessing. Don't get me wrong. But you need to take a look around at your brother and your sister and be sure that they don't need your help. And that brings what? What did he call that again? Unity of the Spirit. Go ahead. Now, I want you to notice that we take this, these verses and quote them that's coming up without really seeing the full scope of where he's coming from. Now, remember, he's talking about unity, which is oneness of the Spirit. 
And he's also talking about bearing one another's burdens and lowliness and meekness of heart. But now we move into some verses that we've heard quoted a lot without the previous verses added in. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that last sentence is proof that Paul had to have been raised in the South. As he said, you all. Laugh, it was a joke. That's all it was, is just a joke, okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Talking about his power and his deity and the things that he accomplished. Go ahead. And here we got another verse that is quoted sometimes out of context, but we're bringing the whole context together here. Go ahead. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The edifying of the body of the Christ. What does edify mean? That sounds just like forbear, don't it? Go ahead. Oop. Well, look at here. He said it before these verses, and now he's saying it after them. Oneness. First it's oneness of the spirit, now it's oneness of the faith. How do I get that oneness of the spirit and oneness of the faith? By being like-minded. Like-minded like Christ and that we all be like-minded together. Why? So that we can see the power of that one Lord, one faith, one baptism, who is God above all, through all, and in you all. And so that we can also see the power and the strength of the fivefold ministry that comes to do what? Edify the church. And when the church is properly edified and lifted up, we get back to the word unity. Sister Nona Freeman, I've quoted this many times. She said this in my hearing when she preached at the church at Batson that I pastored. She said revival and unity are the same Revival and unity are the same. They work together hand in hand. Oh, I sure want revival. Well, you know what? It won't happen with our minds on the back 40 when we come in. Somehow or another, we've got to learn how to discipline ourselves. You know, discipline is something none of us like. Brother Charles, when you was running that sawmill, and I guess you're still doing it some, you get out there and handle those big, big old saw blades that could, could cut you in half easily. It takes somebody that, first of all, knows what they're doing. And secondly, you have to have somewhat of discipline to be able to cut them properly. Otherwise, you turn me out there without any discipline or training, you wouldn't want to see the mess that I'd leave out there. You ever seen a crooked telephone pole? You might see one, and I get out there with it. But it takes discipline. It takes discipline in order to be able to lead a group of men at a business. You, your first self. If you're not disciplined, don't expect them to follow you. Don't expect them to do what you ask. If you're not towing the line and going by what's expected by the company rules and by OSHA, God love them. OSHA is another bad word. OSHA, hmm. 
they dream up stuff. They just love to think up new stuff all the time. But hey, you got to do it. It's part of it. It's the discipline. And the same, if everybody's listening to me right now, the same is true when you come to this building for worship. You don't come to see my ugly face. Or Brother Justin's. Or Brother Adam's. Or whomever else might grace this pulpit. That's not what you come for. And I got news for you. Your priority should not be your own personal blessing. I just read it in, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I just read it in two different places. And both of them are linked to unity and like-mindedness. Both of them are. And basically what they're saying is, the same man basically, is saying that if you want to have a move of God, then you've got to learn how to encourage your brother and your sister that everyone would be like-minded when we come into the house of the Lord. When there's weakness, when there's situations going on, ask the Lord to speak to your heart. You don't have to go lay your hand on them. But you can be sensitive enough to pray that God would do the work. Many times, you do not know I'm watching you. And it's not that I'm watching you for all the wrong reasons. But it's my job. I'm the, considered the watchman on the wall. And I'm supposed to watch for your soul. And I can tell many times when you think you've got it covered, I can tell you're in trouble. But I won't say anything to you. It'll offend you. You're not ready to receive it. So what I do is I go to God and I said, okay, now God, either make an opening for me to talk to him or just take care of the situation. I don't have to step in. It's not necessary. But Lord God, I'm asking you to minister to them. I see the pain in their eyes. I know they're going through something. Sunday night, I've seen many people with pain in their eyes, many people in this building, and many of you are here again tonight. I said, God, I personally can't help, but Lord, I can pray, and I can do what I can, and Lord, if you give me the words, I'll say the words, but if you don't want me to say nothing, then I'll pray. The bottom line is, I want to see a move of God, and the only way a move of God will happen in my church is for everybody to be in one accord. And if you want to see those things you've been praying for yourself personally, then help somebody else and watch God work in your own backyard. We got any more verses left? Go ahead. We get to see... Jesus in, the, in his fullness when we operate in unity. Now let's run that in reverse. When we're not in unity, you only get a glimpse of some of him. Did anybody hear that? You only get a glimpse of some of him. Now if you've got a choice, Brother Jace, that you can see some of the Lord or you can see the fullness of him, which one do you want? I don't know about the rest of you. I can't speak for you. But I, I don't want just a little bit. I want the whole enchilada. I want it all. I'll take it all. If you don't want it, I'll take what you don't want. Read it. Verse 14. times is your faith taking a beating because your mind was not where it should be you've not tried to encourage others and in the end result you yourself became discouraged and you were tossed to and fro as the devil just beat you around want to avoid that 
I didn't say you won't go through storms. But I am saying that you won't get beat around, tossed to and fro. He said that we'd be no more. Read it again, verse 14. Tossed to and fro, carried about. Hello, deception comes right along with that. Go ahead. Oh. And? So that's where a lot of the apostolics went that used to be among us. That's where they went. They didn't understand the power and the secret of being in one accord. There is a safety in being in one mind and one accord. Finish up, brother. Go ahead. The whole body operates better when it's together. You ever had a broke toe? Or something out of joint? You ain't working at your optimum level. Or your knee all out of whack, Brother Charles. It has a way of letting you know things aren't well with the wells. But when we learn how to work in one accord with one another, then we see the whole body fitly joined together and compacted. They can't be pulled apart. Go ahead. Love grows. You love your brother more when you've helped him out of a jam. Instead of, oh, good to see you this Sunday. Hope you're doing okay. Or worse yet, since there's so much family here. Well, I know too much about them. I'll pray for them, but by George, I'm not going to do much. I'm just going to stay out of their way. Hmm. Didn't get near as many hooting hollers and amens on that. Boy, it got quiet. Mm, goodness. Well, let's shift gears here. Who got Acts 1, 10 through 14? Go ahead. What are you doing here? Go ahead. Oh, 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 they did what? These all continued just having good church. Folks, we can have good church and still miss God. Did you know that? So what does that mean? That means that you can still feel the joy of the Lord and God's perfect will not be accomplished. Oh, Jesus. 
But when you're like-minded, you're in one accord. Read, reread that last, that 14th verse again. Thank you. So that's the second time we've read. And only one chapter's difference. Where the early church understood early on of the power of like-mindedness. Well, Brother Justin's up here leading service, and I'm just picking on him because he's handy right there. When he's up here leading service, you need to listen closely to what he's doing. He's leading you in worship. And we can't get our focus on something else. I've got to get my mind where his mind is at. He's the ministry and he's leading. I've got to get my mind where his mind is. If my mind is not where his mind is, we're not in one accord. And if you're not in one accord, how can God move? How can we get what we need from the Lord personally if we're not in one accord? Is this, is this too complicated? Do I need to break it down a little easier? Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47. Oh, they continued how? They continued haphazardly, maybe once every couple of months. When the mood strikes them, when everything's going good, when I'm out of my pit of depression, Anybody hearing me? How often did they continue? And they did what? Next verse. And so what happened when they did that daily in one accord? What did the Lord do in return? Oh, what did the Lord do? Say that again. Say it one more time. He added at the same rate that they put it in. I don't know about you, but I got goosebumps about right now. God added it at the same rate they put it in. Oh, God, help mercy. Oh, I wish Brother Moe's hurry up. I need to get home. Oh, God, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Oh, tired, weary, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that. And Brother Jason just quit talking. We might get home. Go ahead, drag it out. That's how God will do it, too. Just as much as you put in. God says, if you will, I will. Press down, shaking together, running over. But if you won't, how's that work again? If you won't, God won't. Say, well, God ain't. Maybe it's because you ain't. I didn't get any amens or nothing. Y'all still love me? And the Lord had had a what? Thank you, brother. One accord. We missed Psalm 133, verse 1 through 3. If you can read that for me, please, brother. Behold, how good, how pleasant. How good. 
Whoa, let's, let's, let's pause right there, Brother Charles. He said, not only is it good, it's pleasant. I like it to be good, but I'd rather it be pleasant. Good is acceptable, but pleasant is better. How good and pleasant. Read, read the rest of that. And brother can get along. When we get along in unity, what is that again? That's oneness. We got one mind. We're like-minded. Next verse, brother, please. He's going to describe it for you. He's going to give you a picture. He's going to give you a picture of it. A picture's worth a thousand words. He's going to write you a picture right now. He says it's like precious ointment. He says it's like the anointing. Y'all ain't getting it. Like-mindedness, being in one accord, being in unity is like anointing. That flowed down Aaron's beard. It's like an anointing. Anointing flows when we're in unity. That's why revival and unity are synonymous. Go ahead, brother. He's still describing. Before he talked about anointing. Now he's talking about blessing. He said, And the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descendeth upon the mountains of Zion, for there, well, the Lord did what? He didn't suggest it. What did he do? The Lord didn't suggest a blessing. I don't want no Lord. I don't want my God suggesting it. I want him to command it. He's got the authority. The Lord commanded the blessing. Even life forevermore. Thank you, brother. So unity, like-mindedness, one-accordness. It's like anointing, and it's like blessings. You want to have the anointing of God in your life? Lift your brother up. Be an encourager. Be a strengthener. Why? Because when it's unity and when it's like-mindedness, when it's one accord, then God can do marvelous things in the house. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm not satisfied with just having Pentecost. I I, want to have a deep move of God, a powerful move of God, where there's signs and wonders that follow, but it only happens when we can get together and do the impossible. What is the impossible? To bring our minds in one accord and be like-minded for a change instead of me thinking what I want to do and you think of what you want to do hey let's get in a book I said let's get in the book and let's say oh I'm ready to have unity and like mindedness I want to see the glory of God and I've got some prayers on they're on the back burner and I know God's going to move but in the meantime I'm going to look around and help my brother and my sister and myself to get on the same page Say, well, brother, the most why in the world would you be talking about unity? We don't have any church trouble. I didn't say anything about church trouble. You can have disunity without having church trouble. It's just as simple as my mind being on back 40 and you want something from God. There's a conflict. And my old dead spirit is pulling against yours. And you feel it. Do you need me to get any plainer? So how do we resolve this? You come in this house sensitive to others' needs 
And when you come in serving, then God says, hmm, they came in serving, so I'm going to deal with them just in the same measure they gave it to me. Unselfish, quickly, and liberally, with the right spirit. I got to pinch this off. I guarantee you ain't never heard no unity message like that before. That's how much God values unity and like-mindedness. Now, that doesn't mean you come in judging your brother or your sister. Oh, that gets you on a whole different territory. That puts you worse off than them is what it puts you. Don't come in with no petty Pentecost, goody two-shoes, self-righteous, better-than-thou-look-down-your-nose kind of attitude. That won't get you anywhere. In fact, that'll make God angry with you fast. You'll find more stuff in your back door and you can, you can shake a stick at. Because God ain't going to put up with that kind of spirit. But when you come in, you say, God, how can I help? How can I help bring unity? How can I help? I, I want my mind right. And if there's someone that I need to pray for, Lord, I'm praying for them right now. God, help them in Jesus' name. And not just at church service, but during the week. You're building a monument for when you get to church. Now that monument's going to serve you daily. But it's also going to help you when you get to church. A lot of folks wait till Wednesday to start having a move of God in their life. And after Wednesday night's done, shoo, that's the end of that. Well, won't have to do anything now till Saturday night. Awesome. Great, I can be carnal for three whole days. Carnals, we won't go with the cowboy river boy boot again, and we won't go that route again, Brother Jace. Carnal's an old tire. Oh, Jesus. Stand with me. I'm not going to keep you much longer. To be like Jesus, to 